What's up, sons and daughters? Welcome back. I am here with the crew from the locks of Saturday. Robert, Ed, Chris, and Brett. Fellas, happy March. It is March Madness. We are here. And the Hokies are going dancing. Initial thoughts, real quick, go. It, it still doesn't feel real. We yeah, won does, the ACC doesn't. championship. How did that happen? I really don't know. It's a magical time of year. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of things to do at this magical time of year. Number one, sit on your butt and watch basketball. Number two, sit on your butt and gamble on basketball. The teams have been selected. It's the biggest tournament of the year. And there's a few days left to join in on the action before the teams tip off this Thursday. Guys, DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to go. New customers to DraftKings Sportsbook have a shot to just bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs, the more money you win. We talk about it all the time. DraftKings is safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want, and it's super easy to use. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code SOS. Bet $5 on any college hoop team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code SOS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Virginia only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532-3500. Zero. And much like the CBS selection show on Sunday, guys, let's just get into it. You guys ready? All right. I, I think the best way to do this is we're just going to go game by game for the round of 64. And if you have anything to say, any upsets, any thoughts, just shout it out. We're just going to do this one a lot more, you know, loose, no order, yell, interrupt me, do whatever you need to do. All right. Guys, Top left, it's where we're going to start. Number one overall seed, Gonzaga. They're playing Georgia State. I'm not sensing an upstate upset here. Uh, I think we all got Gonzaga winning that one. Yep. Yeah. All right. Feel well, free to get your, uh, excuse me, just real quick, that plus 100 boost right now available live on DraftKings. Very, very important. If not, they would be minus, I think it was, I saw 10,000. Uh, I'm not sure if how accurate that was as a real line coming out, but plus 100 seems to be, I mean, we always hate to say it, but free money. Plus 100 money line. Correct. Yeah, bet them straight up. Max bet, I think, is 50 bucks. So it's essentially a free $50. Um, I don't see Gonzaga pulling any UVA-type historic losses uh, in this tournament. So it's, go, get your, go get your 50 bucks from DraftKings on that one. Gonzaga for sure. And use it on all of these picks. Yes. Use it on the next game, which is, of course, an easy pick. The eight nines, they're always easy. Uh, they're about 50-50 all time in the NCAA tournament. Eight seed Boise State out of the Mountain West Conference playing the nine seed Memphis Tigers. Now, this one, I think, is one of the tougher ones to pick, maybe because it has two very different teams playing in this matchup. Uh, who you got, guys? The eight nines are always tough. I got Boise. I think they're being really undervalued as an eight seed. I think they should have been higher than eight. Yeah, I, I, I'm on Memphis here. Uh, the talent is way too high to ignore. 
Um, they finished the regular season 10 and one lost to a really good um, Houston team in the championship of, was that the American that they're in? The American. Um, at the time of their semifinal game, that was a huge win for Virginia Tech. Didn't end up mattering. They beat SMU, who's also a pretty good team. Just missed out on the tournament. Um, Memphis is playing good ball. I'm not a huge believer in what Penny Hardaway's got going on, but at least you know the last two months, it's worked pretty well. Hard-hitting analysis. Memphis, they're tall. We like tall teams here in NCAA tournament time. Boise's pretty tall too, but Boise doesn't have the talent and they don't have the shooting. I think Memphis will be able to match Boise's physicality, which is something Boise's used all year. Also, Boise State, really, really bad free throw shooting team, 65%. Memphis, their issue this year has been they've fouled teams too much and too many turnovers. Don't think Boise State can convert on that. I like the Tigers. All right, next one. One of the blue bloods of March, UConn taking on New Mexico State. This is a popular 12-5 upset pick. Do we have the Aggies of New Mexico State pulling the upset here? Yep, I have. Uh, I have New Mexico State in this one. I'm always. I always gravitate towards guard play in March and in tournament play. Um, the Aggies have two really good guards combined, averaging 31 a night out of those guys, and they're also both elite uh, offensive rebounders, which is huge in in March Madness and NCAA tournament. So I'm going to take the 26 and six New Mexico State Aggies. Uh, to win this. They haven't lost a game by more than four points since January. So um, I'm going to go with them and I'm not a huge UConn guy. So I'm going with New Mexico state and good guard play. I was tempted. I was tempted. I couldn't quite get there. I, I, I like UConn a lot. They're playing um, some pretty good basketball right now. Had a decent run in the big East tournament. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just feeling UConn. I'm not betting against UConn in March. Not happening. They'll, they'll have some tough matchups down the road, but UConn is uh I don't, I don't bet against them in March. Uh, Brett, what do you got? UConn, New Mexico State. Hello? Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know if y'all were going or not. Yeah, you're going. Oh, we're going. You, UConn, you're New Mexico right State. You're live right now. Let's go. All right, hold on. I got to grab. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. No, hold on. I got something even better. Oh, here we go. Old school, baby. We're printing oh, yeah. it out. Oh, yeah. If you are not, if you don't print out your bracket, it's kind of psycho. No, yeah. We're printing it out. All right. Where are we at? UConn, New Mexico State. UConn. Yep. Duh. Hard, hard hitting analysis here at the Locks of Saturday. All right. Let's move on. No, uh, yeah. Arkansas, <laughs> Vermont. Another popular upset pick. Vermont's a very good team. Arkansas, they're really fast. They play hard, but they're short. Like Chris likes short. Yeah, people. I feel like people want that Vermont game. They're like, they're like I, they want them to win so bad because they could shoot the ball. But I feel like Arkansas's defense is gonna be good enough that they're not gonna be able. To, they're gonna be able to clamp down on it. So, I mean, I yeah, think it's back. A, I think back like to people, my last pick. We'll go with guard play here. JD Note is really good. Eric Musselman, fantastic coach. They have some amazing wins this year. Uh, they're playing really good ball in the SEC tournament. So yeah, I think they'll be too athletic, even with Chris likes. As there much as I love, um, go Irby. As much as I love the fighting Ryan Rosillos, uh, I'm gonna go with Arkansas Muscleman. Too good of a coach. There will be a 13 over four upset. This ain't it's Arkansas. Yep. All right. The next one. I think this is one of the play-in games. Alabama versus the winner of Rutgers Notre Dame. Guys, I, this is one of my bracket. Maybe not bracket buster quite yet. 
I watched Rutgers play in the Big Ten tournament, was not very impressed. I thought they were a really streaky team. I don't want to bet on a streaky team. I want to bet on consistent. Oh, who else is a streaky team? Alabama. Out of these three teams, one of them is incredibly consistent. One of them shoots free throws really well. One of them doesn't foul. And one of them plays really good defense and can shoot the three. That's Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame to beat Rutgers and I like Notre Dame to beat Alabama. Yeah, I actually don't disagree with the Notre Dame part. I'm going to wait and see who wins that game before I pick it. Um, I think Notre Dame has the potential to pull off that upset, but Alabama at their best is very, very good. Um, again, two really good guards. They've been very inconsistent as a team this year, but you know they do have the ability to go on a streak and win a lot of games in a hurry. So uh, for now, I've got Alabama, assuming that Rutgers wins. But if Notre Dame is able to win that playing game, might have to revisit that. I agree. I have right now. I have Rutgers slash Notre Dame picked because um, I think if Notre Dame makes it, I think they're good enough to beat Alabama. Also, Notre Dame, Alabama playing in basketball—that's hilarious. Anyway, but if Rutgers somehow wins that game, then I'll flip my pick to Alabama. Bama, I feel like Ed and I are pretty much in agreement in terms of what we watch for in March. That is really, really good card play, especially the ones that are going to possibly be lottery picks. Um, so, Bama, easy. Ooh, I think I'm on. I think I'm on Rutgers here, even though people are saying they're the one of the trickiest teams in America. They are, but they play up to their competition. That's been pretty obvious. Uh, I think this. I think you'll see a trend with me. These three to six seeds are all in a lot of danger. A lot of them in this tournament, and I think Alabama's one of them. They've played pretty average, especially towards the end of the year, and they kind of, I think, flopped on the season. And overall, at nineteen and thirteen, I thought uh, people were expecting them to make a serious run in the SEC, and people thought expecting them to make uh, probably win the SEC at some point. So I think. Alabama, I don't want to say, you know, everybody plays up for the NCAA tournament. I'm not going to say they're not, but I feel like they think that this season they're going to have to fight for their lives. I think against Rutgers, Rutgers has nothing to lose. And I feel like Alabama's already on their heels just based on how the end of their season went. I think I would take Rutgers over Notre Dame and Rutgers again. Even if, and if Notre Dame won, I think I would take Alabama, honestly. I would be the opposite. So, Gotcha. Uh, anybody picking the upstate? Texas Tech against Montana State. Nope, all going Red Raiders. Guns up, Red Raiders. I agree with that one. It's a really good team, Texas Tech. Michigan State, Davidson. This is a tough one. Davidson's a really good team out of the A-10. They coasted through that league this year. Uh, they're really one of the reasons that that league wasn't as you know top-heavy as usual because they just beat up on everybody, but they did lose to Richmond in the final. I like Michigan State. My analysis is Tom Izzo in March. Tom Izzo in March is very tough to beat, but I, I love this Davidson team. They have a lot of different scoring options. Um, like Sam said, they've just been rock solid all year. I think they ran into a buzzsaw in a red-hot, kind of desperate Richmond team in the A-10 championship. Um, yeah, I like Davidson to win this game, and I like them, uh, I like them to beat Duke, too, in the second round. Uh, not, not sure if I'm supposed to get that far, but... We'll get there. I agree with you. I like fighting Steph Curry's to the Sweet 16. I'm all about it. I like Davidson in this one. I think they're going to come hungry to play. Davidson. So that would be that slow. would be just like uh, just like the Curry family. Steph over Seth. Yep. Davidson, Davidson they're experienced. They're slow. They hit threes. They're kind of like a, like a bizarro Virginia Tech type team. Um, I like them in this game. I just don't think Michigan State has it this year. 
Yeah, I, I've it's hard for me to go against Izzo in March. I've kind of been like an Izzo stand for March for like my whole life, but I think this is a bad match for Michigan State. And I think Davidson, even though they lost in the A10 championship on a you know last second, I would say not a three point play. Um, I think they're still. I think they're actually going to win this game. Actually, I think they're controlling the game fairly easily with their tempo and just picking Michigan State apart. This is not one of uh, Thomas's better teams. I will add real quick, uh, Davidson's head coach, Bob McKillop, has won over 600 games as a head coach and has been the head coach of Davidson since 1989. This dude has been consistently a great coach. So as much as I love Izzo, I I think the coaching matchup at least is a um, toss-up because this guy's good. He coached Steph Curry, you know? Pretty good. Uh, Do we all have Duke over Cal State Fullerton? Yep. Yep. Yes. They're not playing baseball. They're playing basketball. We'll take Duke in that one. All right. Moving on to the East region, Baylor, Norfolk State. Uh, love, love me some Norfolk State, but this one looks like Baylor. Yes. Yep. That one. Okay. Interesting. Another eight nine. I think this was actually the easiest eight nine game to pick. North Carolina, Marquette. I have a hard time with this. Shaka Smart's really good coach. Darren Morsell, Maryland transfer. Um, you know, former Big Ten defensive player of the year. I think this is going to be a really good game. I, I really think it could go either way, but I'm going to go with North Carolina and Armando Baycott. Um, his size is such a problem, as Virginia Tech fans have seen all year. Uh, I'm going to go with Carolina in this one. Uh, but, man, that's going to be a good game. Yeah, I'm going with the Heels as well. Um, coming into that Virginia Tech game, they were also one of the hottest teams in America. Their offense has been spectacular. Um, you know, Tech was doing a lot of different things to create issues for them. Um, and I just don't think Marquette has the defensive capabilities to do what the Hokies did the other night. Heels. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on UNC here, too. Um, crazy, though, that Marquette has played 12 top 25 games. So, they, you know, they've played some solid competition in the Big East this year. Probably one of the better conferences, but I'm still going UNC here. I think, uh, I think they're pretty pissed off that we beat them. So I think they're going to try to get back here in an 8 nine seed. And they've been on that 8-9 seed for the last, what, I guess not counting 2020 tournament, but – Basically since Dwayne Wade was there. Yeah. Yeah. And UNC's been – since pretty much since they won the national championship, they've been stuck at that 8-9 seed in yep. 2018. So they've been there before. <laughs> Great uniform matchup. Great uniform matchup in this one. Um, Marquette, they give up over about 18 and a half – free throw attempts per game. That's a lot. Uh, UNC, one of the best free throw shooting teams in power basketball, 77%. Uh, I think that's the difference. I think Carolina wins. I think Baycott is too much. Uh, Ed, you are, you're kind of a busy guy. You're going to be talking Hokies basketball tonight as well. Real quick. I know you have to go on to bigger and better things. Give me your final four and give me your champion. I know you guys will do a fantastic job finishing up the uh, gambling degenerate analysis for the rest of this bracket. Um, but I'll go ahead and jump into my four here. And this was super weird. I usually look up and it's pretty chalky for me, but I have zero one seeds um, in my final four coming out of the East. I've got Purdue. Purdue has been the team I've liked all year long. Um, Jay Divey is in my opinion, the number one NBA draft prospect to go along with a incredible college basketball player in Trevion Williams and a seven footer in Zach Eady. Um, they got shooters are all around those three guys as well. That's a really good team. Um, they've struggled as of late, but we're, you know, the talent level on that Purdue roster is extremely high. And I really like them coming out of the East. 
Um, let's see here. I got to scroll up to make sure I get the regions right. Coming out of the West, I have Arkansas and Eric Musselman. Uh, they play a really unique brand of basketball that's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, as John Rothstein calls him, the importer. You know, all the transfers that Arkansas has, uh, including uh, Chris Likes, who Virginia Tech fans will be familiar with. Um, so I like Arkansas coming out of the West. Coming out of the Midwest, I've got Auburn. Um, the talent level on that roster is extremely high. They've struggled a little bit as of late, but um, Bruce Pearl has been there, done that at multiple schools now. Um, and I like him to coach this team through what should be a decently tough region in the Midwest. Uh, and then the last team I've got coming out of the South is Tennessee, who just went on a run where they kind of blew the doors off of everybody in that SEC tournament. Um, Rick Barnes is such a sneaky good coach that I don't think it's mentioned enough nationally in that upper echelon conversation, but he's an incredible coach and they play a lot of guys and they play really good defense. Um, so I like Tennessee. So my final four is three SEC teams and one Big Ten team, unlike the uh, committee who decided to put the entire Big Ten into the field. So I'm going to go with the SEC here. Superior athletes. Um, man, we talked about the SEC in football, but Bruce Pearl, Rick Barnes, and Eric Musselman. The SEC's got some coaches these days on the on the hardwood, too. So I'm going to go with John those Calipari's four. John Calipari okay four. as well. Yeah, Buzz Williams, that guy's not much of a slouch himself. Um, yeah, that conference got some basketball coaches these days. So that's my final four. And then in the national championship game, I've got Purdue over Tennessee. Um, so despite the SEC final four, heavy SEC heavy final four, I do have the big 10 pulling it out in the end. I think the combination of Ivy Williams and ED is really hard to ignore. Um, when that roster is clicking there, there's not many teams better. So that's my final four. That's my champ. It'll probably change three times between noon on Thursday, but for now I'm rolling with the Boilermakers. Love it. Thanks, Ed. And for the record, for the record, the odds for Purdue to win the national championship on DraftKings right now are plus two thousand. So if you like Ed, not bad. That that's a good that's a good bet. Now I will also add to that: the East is a gauntlet, and I'm sure you guys will get to that in a second here. But yep, Purdue's got to win some good games in order to get to uh, New Orleans. But I'm going to jump and let you guys rip through this. Uh, go Boilermakers and go Hokies. Love it. So we are going to, we just finished up that North Carolina Marquette game. That's the eight, nine matchup in the East region. Let's move on to the nine, uh, excuse me, the five versus play-in uh, matchup. That is St. Mary's versus the winner of Wyoming and Indiana. Guys, I have, you know, talked a bunch of crap about Indiana all year. I thought they were really bad. They were really bad. And then much like the Hokies, they turned it on at the end of the season, they're playing really good basketball. That's the polar opposite of what Wyoming is doing. I think Wyoming had a really good start to the season, barely got into the tournament. I like Indiana in the play-in game. And I'll be honest, I like them to win against St. Mary's as well. I think Trace Jackson, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, TJD is, uh, I, I think he's one of the best players in the nation. He's really, really talented. He's an NBA style play. It reminds me a lot of Jackson Hayes for the New Orleans Pelicans. Just a really long, lanky athlete who he doesn't look like a big man, but he can play like a big man. He plays tough. He gets a lot of rebounds. I like Indiana. Wow. Uh, that's compelling, but I, I'm on St. Mary's here. I really, really love what they've been doing. They've been consistently good for a while now. Consistently, maybe that Robin to the Gonzaga Batman. But I mean, when when it comes to March, they usually do well, and I think that they I think that they avoid the upset here. I like St. Mary's here, even 
either game who wins here. I think St. Mary's, they're actually like almost a very similar team to us. Great defensively. Every player, player on the floor can shoot threes from their fours to their guards. Um, I think they're actually a pretty dangerous team in this tournament. They didn't have many opportunities to show what they had, but when they did, they made it count, especially in that big winning over at Gonzaga. Um, it was their number one overall seed, So, and we know what they have. So I think St. Mary's is a team that people are overlooking a little bit because all people are talking about is Gonzaga and then San Francisco sneaking in the last minute. People are like, oh, St. Mary's got in whatever. But I think they're a really good team, and I have them going to the Sweet 16 also. I actually like the uh, the Hoosiers coming out of that one. So I got Hoosiers over Wyoming. Then there's a good defense. I like my crown. So I just think that they're going to be uh, at least in the first round. Um, kind of that random 12 team that has, that comes from like a quote unquote blue blood pedigree. You see it every once in a while with these 11 and these 12 seeds that come in. Um, that happens to be kind of a more traditional program. One of them always wins out. I think like UCLA is a recent use case. A couple other ones from a couple of years back too. So watch out for Indiana. Love it. Well, speaking of blue blood pro- blue blood programs, my goodness, I'm speaking too fast here. UCLA, they're the four seed. They were a darling last year, making it all the way to the final four, almost making the national title game. They return everybody. They looked okay to start the year. They've looked really good the second half of the year. They're playing Akron. Uh, any upset here? No, no, no. Yeah, we, we like UCLA in that one. UCLA, Indiana, which is what a great college basketball matchup that is. Uh, that would be a great second round matchup. All right, let's get to the Virginia Tech game. Virginia Tech, kind of surprisingly, an 11 seed. I think a lot of people expected them to be like a nine or a 10. So kind of surprising that they dropped down to the 11 seed, but you got to say they have a really favorable matchup going up against a Texas team that has been kind of limping to the finish here in the last month of play. They have been in a really competitive big 12, but Texas definitely not the best six seed you can face. And maybe even a six seeds a little high for them. Yeah. yeah I, I go ahead. Derby, sorry. Uh, you're basically looking at one of the hottest teams in the country going up against one of the coldest teams in the country. And maybe if Texas is slightly more talented. They don't have Trey Mitchell, or at least we don't anticipate them having Trey Mitchell. And yeah, the Hokies are on fire right now. I think that that win streak continues for at least one game. I actually have them over Purdue in the second round. So maybe I'm biased. I don't know, but I definitely disagree with Ed on Purdue being national champions. That's all I got to say. I think, uh, we all know the Hokies got hot. They also have been playing sustainably at a high level for a pretty long period of time when they've basically been playing tournaments, tournament style basketball for the last month and a half, just to get to this point. Um, they have experience. Uh, they're an old team. So not only they experience, but they also have the age on their side as well. That's always usually really good, uh, strong guard play, not necessarily NBA level caliber type guard play, but solid guard play. Um, great coach who's been there before. Um, they have all the elements of it, but this to me is also just a pick against the University of Texas. Um, they've basically had Rick Barnes, Shaka Smart, and now Chris Beard all have done well at other programs and they get to Texas and it's kind of like a flop. So I'm just betting against Texas in basketball. The only team that's ever really uh, done well at the University of Texas had a gentleman by the name of Kevin Durant and even then they got to a certain point. So I'm just not sure that the weight of trying to have a good program at Texas is worth picking them as a six seed, going with the higher seed over over Virginia Tech. So uh, just give me the Hokies in this one. As far as how far Tech goes, um, that remains to be determined, but horns down. We are officially a horns down podcast. 
officially. Uh, yeah, I got the Hokies. I think it's a great matchup for Virginia Tech. Um, I think Texas will struggle to keep up scoring-wise with Virginia Tech, and Tech's defense has been phenomenal as of late. Uh, another thing to point out, Texas, they foul a lot defensively. They're a good defensive team, but they do foul. They give up 18.6 free throw attempts per game. Virginia Tech is a pretty good not great, but pretty good free throw shooting team at above 74%. I think if Mutz and Aluma are hitting their free throws and are able to move around and draw some fouls, especially by drawing big players out to the perimeter and getting switches, uh, I really like Virginia Tech in this one. The spread is Virginia Tech minus one and a half. If you are not in the state of Virginia and want to bet on that, I love the Hokies minus one and a half. Yeah, I'm going Virginia Tech too here. And it, like Chris said, I think I would bet against anybody in the spot against Texas right now in the 11 seed. When I'm looking at all the other 11 seeds on here, even Michigan, I would hammer Michigan against Texas right now. There's one of the coldest teams in America there. We're basically going to be playing a UVA clone from what I've read and what I've seen. Um, so if we can just play like we have been at a high level, I think we can, Virginia Tech can win this game. Um, so yeah, but we'll talk about the round of 32 matchup here shortly, I'm sure. We will. We'll keep rolling through these. Purdue, Yale, I think we all got Purdue winning that one. Um, I think that might look like a varsity team playing a JV team. Yale's really small. Murray State, San Francisco. This one's pretty interesting. San Francisco's a really tall team. They've been talked up all year, maybe haven't lived up to the hype. Murray State, 30-2 and two on the year. Uh, one of the most winning programs in all of mid-major Murray State. Uh, I like the racers in that one. I think they have a winning culture. And when you, you get... So this happens in sports where you get so used to winning that it doesn't really matter who you play anymore. It's like when North Dakota state goes to play Kansas state or Iowa state, you're just so used to winning. You just don't stop. You just keep winning. If that makes any sense, there's going to keep winning. Yeah, they're really good. I, I really like them here. I think that they honestly have probably the most unfortunate draw of any, uh, any team I can think of, because I think, like you said, they're 30 and two and they have been destroying teams all year. And the fact that they have to start with a frisky San Francisco team, then potentially play Kentucky in the second round. And then if they win that, it's more than likely Purdue or Virginia Tech. Like, I don't know, just sucks for Murray State, but I do think they win the first one. To go Murray State with this and uh, to add to that, they're, you know, Kentucky school going to Indianapolis are going to have an insane basketball culture style home crowd, their environment. So I feel like that's going to give them some juice to get out of the first round. So go racers. Yeah. I'm on Murray state here as well. Um, and I think I'm like Rob, Robert here. I think uh, in any, any other region, actually just really any, pretty much any other draw, they, they, they have pretty good chance of going pretty far. They play great basketball, very methodical, uh, high level, High speed, um, they just kind of are in your face, and um, they look a lot like the John Morant team. You know, they don't have John Morant, they don't have anyone close to John Morant, but they have good players. Um, but it's that kind of style of play they've been sticking with the last five or six years, been really working for them. Awesome, and we all like Kentucky to beat the Peacocks of St. Peter's. I'm guessing, yep. And let's move over to the South. I'm guessing we like Arizona over the winner of Wright State and Bryant. <laughs> God, I hope they beat the hell out of Bryant. That way, it's I can't wait. I want Bryant to win that game, and I want the the kiss guy is going to get absolutely buried. Yep, it's going to be in, incredible television. Make sure you tune in for that one. All right, put him in a maybe, body bag. He he will. It'll be nasty. Um, 
maybe the toughest game to pick on the bracket, I think Seton Hall TCU. TCU has a lot of really good wins, but Seton Hall maybe has the higher ceiling with talent. Who do we have here? The Pirates and the Horn Frogs. This is one of those eight, nine games where you literally just close your eyes and pick. Uh, and yeah, I'm on Seton Hall, but I don't feel good about it. I'm going to go Seton Hall, and that's because TCU is allergic to scoring. And I just, you know, they don't have enough talent to overcome that in terms of individual bucket getters. So give me Seton Hall, their talent, great offensive team. Yeah, I'm. It's you're going 50-50 here, and then it's like they play Arizona in the next round. But I'm going TCU just to go. go I'll be a little different. Um, they have some really good wins, and I think they're they play some in-your-face defense, and that sometimes can really shock some teams in the first round. And yes, they're allergic to scoring, but I think they were pretty hot towards the end of the season. They had some really big wins, and I think even though they kind of fell on their face in the big. The Big 12 tournament, I think uh, I think they still have enough momentum from the end of the season to uh, keep it going. I like the Pirates in this one. They shoot almost 76% from the line. TCU shoots 67% from the line. It, it can come down to free throw shootings in these close games, and I like the Pirates. Uh, I think they also have better guard play. All right, Houston and UAB in the 5-12 matchup. Houston is one of the – if you look at the advanced analytics – one of the best teams in the country going up against a UAB team that has some electric guard play from Jelly. I don't even know his last name. I just know him on Twitter as Jelly. But Houston is a really good team. They just beat the tar out of Memphis. They are the fourth-ranked team in Ken Palm and the third-ranked team in the net. Who do we got? Doing something I normally do, which is or doing something that I don't normally do, which is completely ignore analytics. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going for UAB here. I love the guard play. I love the offense. They score 80 points a game. They are just a fun, fun team. And these are the kinds of teams that make a run in March. Hard hitting analysis here in Houston. I'm on, it's Jelly Walker, I believe. I think it's his name. Jelly Walker. Uh, Yeah. And I'm on UAB here. This UAB team feels like a lot like that, uh, Ohio team last year that beat UVA in the first round um, with what was that player's name? Jordan. Uh, Brent uh, Preston. Oh, Jaden Preston. Yep. Yeah, Jaden Preston. This with this UAB team is almost identical to. They have a player that can literally beat you by himself because he will drop 40, 35, 40 points. Um, but they're a high flying team. Houston, even though they've only lost five games, it seems like they just barely scooted by in some really ugly, ugly basketball games this year. Um, and they kind of been overlooked in this tournament. I think that could be a benefit to them, but I think they got a horrible draw against UAB on a hot team and probably the, one of the names you're going to hear about in this tournament. Love it. Uh, I'm going Houston. They're bigger. They're better. I think Houston is a really good team. I think Houston got a little bit unlucky with their draw as well. Um, we'll get into that later. Illinois in Chattanooga. Chattanooga, they won on a buzzer beater against Furman. It was a marvelous March Madness moment, Illinois, a really disappointing performance against Indiana in the Big Ten ty- in the Big Ten tournament. But great spin zone by their coach. He said, this is a good thing for us because now we get rest days. Oh, look, celebrating not playing basketball. Good for you, buddy. Uh, I'm on Chattanooga here for two reasons. Number one, uh, my brother and sister-in-law and their nephews live in Chattanooga, and I love them very much. So rooting for Chattanooga. Also, actual analysis here. Illinois, I think that they have one of the most talented rosters in the country. And I think they did last year too. However, there is something about this team mentally 
um, that they just cannot seem to bring the intensity needed um, to win enough games. Like, you know, I've heard it talked about that they just kind of coasted through the regular season, lost some games they shouldn't have lost. Same thing happened in the Big Ten tournament, got caught with their pants down. Same thing happened last year in the NCAA tournament when they were a one seed and they lost in the second round. There's just something about this Illinois roster that is just a red flag for me um, that just tells me that they're, they almost play with confidence that they don't really deserve. Like It's kind of like they feel like they can just take it easy when in reality, if they run into a team that is going to give it their all, they're going to lose. And I think Chattanooga coming out of the SoCon, which is a really good basketball conference all of a sudden, uh, yeah, I like, I like Chattanooga here. Illinois. In case you were wondering, sorry, no, you need to add this. That means I have a 12 and a 13 playing in the second round. <laughs> I'm picking UAB to win that one as well. Uh, the the, the oft-cited uh, 12-13 eventual round of 32 matchup that we always love. Um, uh, I have Illinois here mostly just because uh, Kofi Cockburn, I just, you know, solid senior-ish guard play in March. Uh, um, I'm going to stick to that. That... Uh, um that theory that just that's what you need in terms of a recipe in order to kind of sustain winning at this time of the year and uh he reminds you of like the the frank mason type element of that kansas team a couple of years back you know not necessarily i think the overall national player of the year but um just enough to win a few rounds uh in, in march so give me the illini yeah i'm on illinois here as well the socon is not a very good basketball conference right now anyway um Actually, Mike Young kind of hindered that conference. It seems like talent level in that conference has gone down a bit. Uh, Chattanooga winning on a buzzer beater, electric. I get it. They have a lot of momentum. But I think Illinois being in the Big Ten, which was a tough conference this year, and then I think they caught into a bus on Indiana. The team that was really hot. Um, I think they had a couple chances to win that game pretty easily and spread and spread it out, and they just blew it. Um, but I think they're just leagues more athletic and better than Chattanooga. Um, so I think they'll get the, get it done here. Illinois in this one. Illinois has a lot of promise. I think we'll see at least a couple of good games from Illinois here. One of the more interesting matchups, uh, Colorado State, really good team out of the Mountain West. They will be playing a Michigan team that a lot of people didn't think should get into the tournament. Uh, I agree with those people. I think Colorado State's a really good team. They've played really well consistently throughout the year. And I think Rhodey is one of the more impressive players that you will see in the interior. He's just a bruiser down there. I, I really like the Rams in this one, Colorado State. Yeah, you bring up Brody. That's a really good point, especially because, you know, one of Michigan's best players is Hunter Dickinson. But if but if Colorado State has someone inside that can match up with him, which they do, um, that does not bode well for Michigan's upset chances. And yeah, I'm on Colorado State. They're just a better basketball team. Just a weird vibe with Michigan, Juwan Howard. I mean, you're probably going to pick another game here soon that has similar kind of weird vibes, obviously for different reasons with Will Wade and LSU uh, uh, no longer being there with them. But um, I'm just not sure I like the leadership here. Juwan Howard kind of coaching him up in this this setting. So going with Colorado State here. I hate Michigan being a tournament, but I love them in this spot as an 11 seed sneaking in. I think this is like the perfect storm for Juwan Howard. He's basically just going to give – a big one of these to everybody. Uh, for those who can't see the camera, you can imagine what two fingers I probably gave up just because that's how he is. And I think he's going to, I think they're going to handle Colorado state 17 and 14 on seeing that on a bracket. is just absolutely asinine, but I think 
for some reason, I have a gut feeling that Juwan Howard and he's going to have them ready for this game. And they're going to play with a little bit of a, I don't want to say a chip on their shoulder, but they're going to have these bad, the bad boys kind of vibes going to the tournament. And those sometimes are the kind of teams in the tournament that are a little dangerous and off the handle. In order to have bad boy vibes, you need to actually have bad boy players. And I, I'm not sure if they have that. That's Just throwing I, that out there. I don't disagree, but led by a bad boy, I should say. That is true. And, and but I think the next matchup uh, is a really interesting one. Tennessee. A lot of people thought they should have gotten the two seed. I agree with them. I think you should have flipped uh, Duke and Tennessee's seeds here. So maybe they're feeling a bit disrespected as well. They will go up against a Longwood team that's won like 20-something straight games. Former Hokie Isaiah Wilkins was conference player of the year for them. Really good team. I like the volunteers in this one. I like them comfortably. But shout out to Longwood for not only being in the NCAA tournament for the men's team, but also the women's team. First ever appearance for the men's team, I believe. Yes, I believe so as well. And any team from the Big South getting a 14 seed is huge. They're the Big South champion is almost always one of the 16s. Yep. yep. Really great. So I think we all got Tennessee in that one as well. Yep. This is maybe the most exciting matchup to pick an upset in. Seven seed Ohio State, who is playing god awful basketball right now. They're going up against the 10 seed Loyola Chicago who does nothing but win. I believe the last two times they've been in the tournament, they've at least reached the Sweet 16. This one is easy. This is the easiest one on here. Loyola Chicago. Defense, defense, defense. This is definitely the lowest hanging fruit of all upset picks, but I don't mind it. Sister Jean. You don't go against Sister Jean now in March. Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I'm on Loyola too here. Loyola is a team that I, I think they dropped. They had some injury issues and they dropped a couple conference games that they shouldn't have. But still, if you look at the analytics, they're really highly rated. 24th in Ken Palm, 23 in net. Um, they're one of the better teams in adjusted defense in the country. That's adjusting for who they're playing as well. So really, really locked down. I like Loyola Chicago. I think they could give the winner of the Villanova-Delaware game which would probably be Villanova. I think they could give Villanova some fits as well in the second round. Let's move down to the Midwest region. We got Kansas over the winner of Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Those are uh, two of the lowest rated teams in the tournament this year. The eight, nine matchup at this one is very interesting. The over under will probably be set at around 110 for this one between Creighton and San Diego state Two really good defensive teams how are we feeling about this one i love 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 san diego state and i love them to make a deep run in this tournament um i'll get into it a little more later but san diego state is arguably the best defensive team in the country and i think that they're just going to create matchup issues across the board but especially for creighton here um, i see them getting out of this fairly easily actually gonna go counter to that just slightly because i think creighton has better defensive performance in a few different stats that matter the most, uh, at least one terms that I'm looking at, and that's rim protection. Um, I think they're one of the best in the nation at that. Um, and they also had the ability to score the basketball, which I also appreciate more so than what San Diego state does not have, which is the ability to put the ball in the bucket. Uh, this will be a tough game to watch. That is for certain. Yeah. I'm on Creighton here too. For me, 
I know everybody's talking about San Diego State and everybody's looking at it like, oh my gosh, they, they, they could seriously beat Kansas, you know, just because how good they are defensively. Uh, Creighton's no slouch. I think they're a good team. Again, the Big East this year has probably been the second toughest conference behind the Big Ten this year. Um, and I think they're a very, very solid team. And I expect them to be in a very low scoring game, like has been pointed out already. Uh, but I like Creighton here. I like Creighton in this one as well. Um, I'm only picking one out of the four Mountain West teams, which hurts me. But I think Creighton has more potential to score 75, 80 points in a game. They have more potential to hit shots. San Diego State hasn't shown that. They've been a really good defensive team, and the analytics really like them. But I think it's a little bit overinflated. They also played a very difficult non-conference schedule. Um, which I think is kind of inflating some of their metrics. I, I like Creighton in this one. Iowa and Richmond, the 5-12 game, I, I think Richmond should be really – I know they're a conference champion, but they weren't even close to the bubble until they won that championship. Um, and I think Iowa is maybe the best five seed that we have seen in a very long time. I, I think back to – you know. Um, Butler was a five seed the year after they they almost beat um, Duke in the final when they ended up losing to UConn in the final. Uh, maybe the best five seed since that team. Uh, I like Iowa in this one by a lot. Yeah, Iowa. I mean, the fact that the Big Ten champ is at a five seed is uh, kind of crazy. So definitely love Iowa here. Agreed. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, Iowa here. I think they're one of the four hottest teams in America right now that are in this bracket. Well, speaking of a hot team, a team from a very cold place hasn't lost since December. South Dakota State, the 13 seed out of the Summit League, they are playing against the lucky, lucky Providence Friars. Now, I say lucky with a bit tongue-in-cheek. They're a very good basketball team that's won a lot of good games against a lot of quality opponents, but they're a team that plays close games. They're going up against South Dakota State, one of the best offensive teams in the country. This is a popular 13 against four upset pick. Do we agree with that? Yeah, I'm taking the Jackrabbits. I love their offense. They have every single player that they throw on the floor can shoot the absolute heck out of the ball. They are just one of those teams that is tailor-made for a March run. And when we say offense here, make sure we emphasize three-point shooting and they're really, really, really good at it. I believe they're the best in the country at around, what, 44%, I think I saw. Um, to put that into perspective, the next best team is about 40%. Tech, slightly lower on, on the uh, charts there, around 38-ish. Just backing up on these stats, I'm not pulling them out but from what I remember, but um, they are absolutely elite at shooting threes. Um, so with that and... I don't know, the slow, methodical, kind of somewhat efficient, but not incredibly efficient offense that Providence runs. I just feel like for every struggle to score a point, South Dakota State answers it with a three. It's going to be one of those types of games. And it'll keep a minute. And then in close games, give me that. This, to me, has the greatest makings of a 13 over four with a buzzer beater. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm on San Diego State. San Diego State. South Dakota State, sorry. SDST teams throw me off. But uh, South Dakota State here as well. I, I mean, I'm following up. Everybody said elite shooting the three ball. Uh, Baylor Shireman and Charlie Easley. I think it's Easley. Um, they just absolutely just launch it from anywhere. Like Jimmer for debt, like ranges, and they just they just flood the basket. 
Uh, Providence, I think, has been on fraud alert all year, kind of. I think they're a good basketball team. I think they're a little bit – they've won, a, like, very lucky, a lot of close games. They have won some good games. I'm not going to say they're not a good basketball team, but I think this is the worst draw they could have had for them, a team that can absolutely just drain the – drain the swamp with the basketball. Yeah, I agree. I think they would have been better off getting the five spot in this region and them flipping with Iowa. Um, I, I yeah. love San Diego State in this one. Initially, I thought, don't overthink it. Just pick Providence. Don't overthink it. But <laughs> it's not overthinking it. Uh, Providence isn't even a great defensive team. They're very mediocre defensively. And you're going up against one of the better offensive teams, not only in the tournament, but in the nation as a whole. And the Summit League champion, has won a game in each of the last two tournaments. So we're going to go three for three here. I like San Diego State and the Jackrabbits. The next one, this one's a – I really don't think either of these basketball teams are very good. LSU and Iowa State. I yeah. like LSU's roster more than Iowa State's, but I will pick the team that currently has a head coach to win. That's Iowa State. I said it earlier. I hate what's going on at LSU in terms of how this team is probably preparing mentally for this. And the fact that, I don't know, Iowa State, I'm not like running to pick them, but in a matchup where I have one head coach versus no head coach, give me the team with the head coach and also no pending FBI investigations. Yeah, very weird situation and serious situation going on at LSU for the next, you know, they'll probably the day after March Madness ends, you're going to see some sort of absolute explosion in Baton Rouge about this basketball team. So I'm going, I will stay here just because LSU's probably, they're probably like, what are we doing here? It's probably what the players are thinking. They don't even know what to think. So yeah, I'm going, I will stay here, even though they suck. And I'm not really sure how they got in to begin with. And they were always never a bubble team. Can, can, can we please get Rick Pitino to Baton Rouge? Can, can we make that happen? That's probably pretty likely, honestly. He'll, he'll show you how to commit crimes quietly. Yes. Now, um, Will Wade's a snake. We knew it since he left VCU at the drop of a hat um, and then lost to VCU uh, the year after that. Uh, LSU, I, whatever the spread is, bet the Cyclones. They're a really good team. I think they've had some, they had a lull there in the season where they started to lose some games, but this is a team that did beat Zay, They beat Xavier and they beat Memphis on a neutral court earlier in the season. And that tournament up in Brooklyn, I like the Cyclones here, but I do like them to lose to Wisconsin in the next round. Uh, anybody picking the fighting toothpaste? I was literally going to say that they came right in my mouth, but no, come on. Yep, we like Wisconsin in that one. Uh, the 7-10 matchup, USC and Miami. This is an interesting one. I told you guys that I didn't love Miami as an NCAA tournament team, but I like them in this matchup. Miami is a tough one to pick because if McGusty and Wong are hot, they can beat anybody. Um, but if they're not, then they can lose to anyone. And it it really kind of boils down to that. Um, and I really like USC a lot as a team. You know, they've got Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley's older brother, still there. Um, they're a really, really good roster. I think that a seven seed is pretty... I think that they were undervalued uh, being put at a seven. Honestly, I would have flipped USC and LSU at the very least. Um, so I like USC here. As the uh, resident locks of Saturday USC insider, um, they're tall, but that's about it. Uh, they're not good tall. Uh, so every time that I would be paying attention to watching the USC game in a big moment, they would lose that game. So going back to what I've been harping on this entire time, Miami 
just because they have the best guards in this matchup um, and they can absolutely drain the three when they're all on fire is something really good to watch. Uh, and they've been playing pretty well over the course of the season. They've been pretty consistent, um, more consistent so than USC. So give me uh, give me the Hurricanes. Yeah, I'm on Hurricanes too. Elite guard play is something that's always, we, you know, I think that's like the coined phrase and then say tournament and you have that in Isaiah Wong and Cameron McGusty. Uh, we've seen them play all year in the ACC where I know what they're capable of. I think McGusty obviously had a great tournament. Isaiah Wong had an AC tournament. Uh, Isaiah Wong had a terrible AC tournament. So if he can turn on and McGusty can keep going, I think they actually win this one pretty handedly. I like Miami as well. Um, I think USC, again, they're the kind of the bad type of tall. They're a little bit immobile. They're going to play a really fast Miami team. Uh, I like the Canes. And then I think we all like Auburn over Jacksonville State. And that one, cool. All righty. So how we're going to do the rest of this, we're going to go and just kind of give me your path to the Elite Eight. We'll start with Irby. Give me your how you get to your Elite Eight. So just list the eight teams, basically? Yeah, just tell me your matchups and tell me how, how you got there. Okay, so in the West region, I've got Gonzaga. Um, I mean, that's pretty chalky. And then I've got them going up against Texas Tech. Um, and the reason why is I really, really like Texas Tech as a team. Um, they're hungry. And more importantly, I see the two seed, that is Duke. I see them losing to Davidson in the second round. Um, so that creates a Sweet 16 matchup with Texas Tech and Davidson. And I think Texas Tech ends the Cinderella run for the Wildcats. So that is, uh, that's the Elite Eight in the West. In the East, I have pretty chalky here again, Baylor and Kentucky. Uh, nothing really needed to say there, except I have Kentucky beating Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16, so ending another Cinderella run. In the South, I have yet another chalky Elite Eight. Uh, number one seed Arizona going up against number two Villanova. I do have Arizona beating 12-seed UAB in the Sweet 16, and I've got Villanova winning a really, really tough matchup against Tennessee. Um, that was one where I felt like I could go either way, but Villanova is a really hot team, as is Arizona. And then my final region here, the Midwest, this is where it gets really interesting. Um, is So I have Wisconsin as the three-seed going up against San Diego State, eight-seed, I think this is going to be the true Cinderella of this NCAA tournament. It's going to be San Diego State. I believe a team that can defend as well as San Diego State can can win any basketball game, um, especially in March. Um, yeah, and I yeah, I just really like them here. I like them to beat Kansas in the second round. I like them to make it all the way to the Elite Eight. I I do think that they fall to Wisconsin. Um, but I am going to throw this out here really quick and just looking from a betting perspective, the odds for Wisconsin to make the final four are plus 1400 while the odds for San Diego state to make the final four are plus 2,500. So if, if I'm correct, and those are the two teams in the elite eight out of that region, both of those bets are very much so, uh, worth throwing a couple bucks at. All right. So you got Gonzaga, Texas tech. Baylor, Kentucky, Arizona, Villanova, San Diego State, and Wisconsin as your Elite Eight. Um, pretty chalky, but I think this is one of the more chalk tournaments that we've seen recently. It is chalky, and I kind of just had the one region where I could, uh, you know, be a little irrational. Chris, you can go. All 
Right. Uh, I also have Gonzaga in the lead. I don't think that's uh, a chalk pick at all. They're the best team, the number one team in the tournament. They have the probably what I would consider to be should be the number one overall draft pick in the NBA draft this year, Chet Holmgren, who is an awesome, awesome unicorn of a player. And they just have a great supporting cast. They don't have the stronger guards like they did last year, but uh, they're going to be uh, a, a heavy favorite to get all the way through and for good reason. Um, I do have Duke. They're too talented. Um, they don't have the elite guard play, but I think they have good guard play, good enough. Um, Jeremy Roach being kind of the pin for that guard play as well. Uh, so I do have them in there. Uh, in the uh, That's the West uh, moving into the East. Um, I do have Kentucky. I also feel like they are too talented not to be there. Um, and going against UCLA, kind of a, a, a reprise of last year's performance. Solid, solid guard play as well. Uh, plus, they've been there and they've actually done pretty well consistently over the course of the season. That and I just hate that entire portion of the bracket. Um, going into the South, uh, probably enough some more chalk. Arizona uh, going against Tennessee. Tennessee is a very valued uh, three seed here uh, for the reasons that Ed described before. Um, and then going into the uh, the final matchup, um, the Midwest, I hate the top half of that bracket, uh, ultimately going into kind of who has just a deeper team with some pretty solid talent. Uh, for me, that was Iowa going up against Wisconsin. So I got a, a Midwest, Midwest matchup. I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, but overall, this is kind of how I pick games. And usually uh, it helps me kind of at least get a solid representation of Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and sometimes Final Four uh, uh, picks in there. But I look at teams that have great guards. I've been harping on that one. But also have the cross-section of NBA draft-level talent. And from that, I usually pick against teams that do not have guards but have a big name. So for me, that was Baylor. I feel like they just don't have that same group that they had last year. Um, and then picking against Auburn, getting there as well, just because they do have Jabari Smith, but they just, they probably have the weakest cast around him to get there. And that's why I kind of want them uh, not getting to the elite eight and getting Wisconsin there. I actually have Auburn getting upset by Miami in the second round. So um, that's how I got to uh, my group. I love it. I love it. Brett. So hold on. Is it me? Is it me? Yeah, you're lead eight. So hold on, I am making an adjustment. Mid- oh, don't make adjustments on. Ooh, making a mid adjustment. Now, is this an adjustment based off of what Robert and Chris have said? This is what I'm something I'm thinking. I was thinking about. Uh, I'm going to start with it anyway. I'm going to start with the Midwest just because it's the hard. It, this was absolutely insane to pick. Um, and I have Iowa and Wisconsin now as well. I had Auburn, um, and I switched to Wisconsin over Auburn. I thought that Wisconsin, I mean, I thought that Auburn just played horrible against Texas AM, but the more I've been thinking about it, sitting here and then after what Chris said, I mean, that was like a 50 50 game for me, honestly, because I have them losing to Iowa anyway, which we'll get to in a minute. Sorry, I shouldn't have spoiled. But uh, I think Jabari Smith is like, that's exactly what they have. They have this elite player, but their guards are okay. And the only reason they were in the game is because that uh, Wendell, not Wendell Morris, dude from Duke, Wendell Green. The, uh, from Auburn just went unconscious for like four minutes, which he's like a 30% free, uh, three-point shooter. So it's the only reason they were in the game, and he's the only one that had any sort of pulse for them. So uh, so I'm going Iowa and Wisconsin in the Midwest. All right, I'll skip back over just because I had to make that adjustment real quick. Um, to the West, 
uh, chalk with Gonzaga. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't be chalk. I think a lot of people are thinking UConn could upset them. Uh, those people are psychopaths. I'm not really sure why they think that's possible. Uh, then I have Duke. Um, that's everybody wants to hate on Duke right now, a little bit rightfully so. But I think they ran into two buzzsaws at the end of the year. UNC shot, shot absolutely lights out against them. And Virginia Tech had a player that has been cold for 11, probably 10 games, go for 31. Um, kind of two games of destiny for each of those teams that Duke played. Uh, Duke looked shaky against Miami too, but I think there's just no way, no way that Duke falls early. There's just, I just cannot see it happening. There's no way the players, there's a lot of pressure and that I, people can say that goes against them. I mean, Wendell Moore, when he's playing well, he's one of the best guards in the country. His size and his athleticism is pretty unmatched. And I don't see any team in the bottom half of that West bracket that's, uh, that's going to be able to stop them. I don't think Davidson has any athletes to stop him. Uh, they definitely don't have anybody to stop Paulo Bancaro. Uh, Texas Tech plays pretty good defense uh, under Chris Beard, but um, not Chris Beard. Uh, he's at yeah, Texas. don't don't say that in Lubbock anymore. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, they, I might be I might be dead by tomorrow, guys, for saying that. But uh, Texas Tech plays good defense, but I I don't think it's enough um, to stop. I think Duke has the firepower. I think they just ran into two buzz sauce at the end of the year. Uh, going into the East, uh, I actually have Baylor for the same reasons I kind of have Duke. I don't think that St. Mary's or UCLA has the real firepower to compete with them. Uh, UCLA, honestly, they're one of those teams, you know, they did it once. Uh, people thought they were going to be like the top five team in the country all year. They kind of last year had Team of Destiny vibes with just how well they were shooting the ball and, and playing all throughout the tournament. Uh, they've kind of 25 and 7 is obviously a fantastic record in the Pac 10. Uh, Pac-10 was okay this year, so I'm really besides Arizona, obviously, but uh, I think St. Mary's beats bounces them anyway in the round of 32, uh, and then St. Mary's just won't have the athletes compete with Baylor, so I got Baylor. And then uh, I also have Kentucky, same way Irby does. I have Virginia Tech actually beating Purdue, um, and then Kentucky in the bottom half of that. I think I go back, go to the south, uh, Arizona. Um, I think they should have been the number one overall seed. I think they're the most actual complete team in the country. Uh, even though they're missing their point guard right now, but they're really deep at point guard position. They have three guys that can play point that all can average double, that can get to double doubles on points and assists. Um, then I have Villanova uh, toss up game, Villanova and Tennessee. It's probably one of the better games of the tournament. I believe um, I would not be surprised if Tennessee won, but Jay Wright in March is almost like betting against Tom Izzo in March, but Tom Izzo's team sucks this year. It's not very good. So, uh, but Jay Wright's team is very good, extremely experienced, and that takes you a long way in this tournament. Uh, so, yeah, so I got Arizona, Villanova in the South. Um, great name matchup, by the way. Uh, Iowa, Wisconsin in the Midwest, Baylor and Kentucky in the East, and then Gonzaga and Duke in the West. Pretty similar with all you guys. Uh, out of the West, I think it's pretty easy to have Gonzaga there in the Elite Eight. I have them playing Texas Tech. I think. Duke's shooting has been really inconsistent this season. I think going up against better defensive teams, you know, like Virginia Tech has been playing, and I think like Texas Tech, I think they'll struggle with that. So I have Gonzaga and Texas Tech in the East. Uh, I, I like Baylor and UCLA to face off. I think UCLA is going to win that one. I think we're forgetting how good that team is. Really, the only teams UCLA has had trouble with are Arizona and Gonzaga. Those are the two best teams in the country. So I like UCLA. I like them to face Kentucky. I think 
Kentucky over Virginia Tech. Um, I think Virginia Tech can beat Purdue. Purdue has probably one of the best players in the tournament in Jay Nivey, but they really struggle defensively. They rely on fast break and teams having turnovers, and Virginia Tech hasn't turned the ball over a lot recently. Uh, I also think a lot is made of their size. ED is like 7'4". He can't move. Um, he he is going to get absolutely blistered by Mutz and Aluma in that matchup. Uh, that would be a really bad matchup. And Purdue, the way their rotations work, especially with their big man, is much more like an NBA style. So he'll split minutes. He'll, he'll go... He'll play 18, 19 minutes a game when Williams plays 20, 21 minutes a game. So I, I don't think they'll be able to survive with him on the court for 18 or 19 minutes. I, I really like Virginia Tech in that matchup, actually. Jaden Ivey scares me, but he's going to get his points. Uh, you just got to let that go. So I have Gonzaga and Texas Tech. I have UCLA versus Kentucky in the East. In the South, uh, much like you guys, I have Arizona and Villanova. I love what Villanova can do getting to the free throw line and making the free throws. I think that's going to be really important. I also think they're a really underrated team just in terms of depth. They've been recruiting and have depth all through the board. They can play eight or nine guys at any moment. I like that. Uh, Out of the Midwest, I think we're going to have a great rivalry matchup there, Iowa and Wisconsin. I think Iowa is one of the hottest teams in the country right now. I I just think they look really, really good. I mean, they rolled through the Big Ten. They can shoot lights out. They play really fast. Um, tempo is usually slower in tournament games, which kind of worries me a bit. But if I look at the Midwest, you have the one seed Kansas and the two seed Auburn. Both of those teams have been wildly inconsistent this year. And especially at the guard position, I don't like that going into a tournament. So I think both of those teams lose in the sweet 16. So I'll have Gonzaga, Texas Tech, UCLA, Kentucky, Arizona, Villanova, Iowa, and Wisconsin. All right, guys. Here, I think is it's obviously where it gets tougher because they're all really good teams at this point. But what is kind of your rationale when you're kind of projecting to these bigger games? What is there a stat you're looking at? Is there your know, strength of schedule? Are you looking at Kempom? What are you doing? I don't. Well, uh, I would, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Robert. I want to say more. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that when it comes down to it, I just. I just look at who the best teams are because, you know, a lot of the upsets happen early on and the Cinderella stories happen. And and the aside from the random 11 seed occasionally making the final four, like it's usually the best teams in the final four. Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in real quick. I actually really don't look at metrics too much when it gets this deep because I think metrics go out the window when you've played this many games in this short time. I look at teams that have depth. Uh, I've always kind of been on the same trend that Chris talked about earlier. Uh, NBA NBA capable player, I'll say they might not be top ten pick, but they might be a player that can succeed in the NBA. One like one big name and then uh, great guard play. Perfect example of that was Baylor last year, elite guard play, um, and they took down a um, Gonzaga team last year that really focused down low. But they had Jalen Suggs, but they really focused on the uh, front court. So that was a perfect example of why elite guard play can take you deep, and obviously depth. Um, is also very key for me. So like I said, when you're talking about elite guard play, it's also about having elite players, a good blend of old and young players as well at key positions. And I'll just kind of rattle it off here just so I can kind of back this up a little bit. But um, 2018, 19, and 21, I didn't go too far back because I kept on seeing the same trend. 
of just having the total overall players that are projected in the first two rounds of the NBA draft be represented from a school. So in 2018, uh, obviously the two most kind of, in this case, deep and talented teams uh, were Duke, Villanova, and Kentucky. Uh, Villanova, as we all know, won the national championship. Duke made it to the Elite Eight. Kentucky made it to the Sweet 16, so all good outcomes. But obviously Villanova was represented there as one of the best teams. No other team. They had five, four, and four players in those drafts. Uh, no other person had more than two. Uh, going into the 2019, I'll do this again, it was North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke, and Virginia all at least had three players in that same kind of draft pool. Virginia obviously winning the national championship. The other teams, Kentucky and Duke, elite eights apiece in Sweet 16 for North Carolina. Then going into that last um, kind of uh, season 2021, it was a little different last year, but uh, yeah, Baylor, Gonzaga, and Michigan, uh, kind of the uh, top of mind, uh, talented teams there. Um, Texas was one that had the most amount of players overall, but they didn't have any guards and they were really, really young. Um, and so that's one thing is that all the teams I've mentioned prior to this have all had great guards on their team and at least some anchored top 10 ish kind of picks. And of course, Baylor won the national championship as well last year. So of this year, when I'm looking at all these teams, the names that pop out, actually what I'm looking at in terms of top level echelon talent, um, and a good blend are actually Duke, Alabama, Kentucky, North Carolina, and, um, Gonzaga, um, Auburn kind of on the fringe there, but I just feel like they're too young and they have too weak of guards. Um, so from that group, the one that kind of sticks out to everybody to me right now is Alabama, but they're matched up against Duke and Alabama. Their projected picks are actually further off in the NBA draft. So they're not like, you know, top 15, 20, 30 type picks are kind of in that late second round, which those projections are pretty tough to nail down. That's why I like Duke so much in this tournament. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we all kind of hate on Duke, but they're the deepest team. Uh, they have solid experience guards They play great defense and they have an anchor of a player who can have an argument. I said earlier for Chet Holmgren, but, you know, Paolo Bencaro could obviously be a number one pick, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So what other team is going to want him and then Kentucky as well. Uh, but uh, for me, um, I'm just looking at that to kind of determine when I'm picking from between teams um, also helps that just Duke and Kentucky have, just the pedigrees of being there with coaches that know how to be there as well. So that obviously helps this time of the year when trying to do preparation and get ready on the short time schedule to have great coaches with great talent. So that's usually what I'm looking for. That probably is a prelude to who I'm picking overall. Uh, but that's how I pick these games late on in the tournament. Yeah. So give me your final four, who you got out of the West, Robert, who do you have? So out of the West, I have Gonzaga over Texas tech, um, out of the East, I have Kentucky over Baylor. Out of the South, I have Arizona over Villanova. And out of the Midwest, I have Wisconsin over San Diego State. Right. So to make the final four, uh, Gonzaga is the leaders at minus 160 on DraftKings Sportsbook as well. Uh, who else do you have? I'm sorry. I was it was Ken- No, you're good. It was, I've got the odds up here. It was perfect, Kentucky perfect. plus 200. Um, Arizona plus 150, and then Wisconsin plus 1,400. Well, I have good news for you. Kentucky is actually at plus 250 now. Ooh, should have yep. hit refresh. Should have hit refresh. <laughs> Classic mistake, and also has Wisconsin at plus 3,000. So looking good. All right, we'll keep rolling here. Uh, 
Final four, I'll just roll down. Obviously, the uh, the regions are the ones that sign the same order as Irby there. But I have Duke, Kentucky, Arizona, and Wisconsin. Um, I feel like Duke and Kentucky did have pretty good odds. I think they're climbing the charts right now. So if you can grab them at over plus 500 odds and anywhere, um, I did have them, I think, uh, was it plus 800 earlier? So uh, that was obviously nice to make the final four. But um, for all the reasons that I laid out, in terms of trying to find solid teams um, that have great talent this late in the rounds. I feel like also just Duke and Kentucky potential final four matchup. That seems like a lot of fun going into what is going to be obviously coach K's last run here. Um, Great matchup. Yeah. I got uh, Arizona, Iowa, Gonzaga, and Kentucky. I was one of the hottest teams college basketball right now, deep, great guard play Uh, Arizona. I think it's one of the most complete teams. Uh, elite players. Um, same goes for Gonzaga, obviously probably one of the best players in the country. I think it's going to be a hellacious game against Duke. Uh, it's going to be a rematch from earlier in the season. Uh, I can see that going either way, honestly. I really, really like uh, Gonzaga in that one. And then Kentucky, physical, good basketball. Coach knows how to be there. Right. You and I have the same Final Four. Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, Iowa. Unfortunately, you can't parlay futures like that, but if you could, it would be really good. Gonzaga's at minus 160, uh, which I think I, I wouldn't put money on that just because of the talent that you have with Texas Tech and Duke in that bracket. Uh, Arizona is at plus 150. I do like them there. I think they're probably the most talented team in the country when it comes with their speed and athleticism as well. Kentucky is at plus 250 to make the final four, and Iowa is at plus 330. Those are our final four picks. For my national title game, I think I have the game that everyone's kind of wanted to see for the past couple months now. Two really tall, athletic teams with a lot of star power, Gonzaga and Arizona. I have them in my final. Robert, who is in your final? I have Kentucky and Arizona. I think Kentucky's just one of the most talented teams in the country. And even though uh, they maybe laid a bit of an egg in the SEC tournament, I think that uh, Chibwe and Ty Ty Washington and all those guys are... This is this is different than your normal Kentucky team. All right, I'll keep with the Arizona trend here, but I do like Duke rematch of the 2001 national championship. I think that was the Lute Olsen Cats there. Uh, so shout also, out Mike Bibby. There you go, jacked Mike Bibby now. Yeah, jacked Mike Bibby. That's he is huge. <laughs> uh, I also I have uh, Kentucky and Arizona, um, just like Irby. I think Kentucky, I think they're being overlooked just a little bit because of a lot of other star players that are in this tournament and a lot of other teams that can make a run. Uh, I think that's also due to the fact that, like Irby said, they fell flat in the SEC tournament. Uh, SEC was a solid conference this year. They played lights out most of the year. Um, so I got Kentucky going over Gonzaga. I That was a really hard one for me, though, because Gonzaga, I was a Gonzaga truther last year. Absolute truther. Should have lost in the Final Four game and just got absolutely obliterated in the final game argue they could have a better team this year. I think guard play is not as good as their team last year, but they do have a player that's better than anything they've probably had in a long time uh, with Chet Holmgren. Probably maybe their best player they've ever had. Uh, so it don't, you want to say it might even out. But I'm still going to go with Kentucky there. Calipari, been there numerous times. And Kentucky's due, guys. Kentucky is due. Um, and on the other side, like I said, I have Arizona. I think they're the most complete team in college basketball. High flying, uh, good defense, uh, super athletic. Uh, they're like the perfect tournament team for me. Arizona has scored eighty plus in their last five games. 
um, including the win against UCLA in the Pac-12 title. Guys, if you need to remember a name for March Madness, it is Benedict Matherin. He is the sophomore guard from Arizona. He's a Canadian. He's six foot six. He can shoot from three. He pushes the ball in the fast break. He plays great defense. He can pass. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I think he wins tournament MVP. And I think Gonzaga will lose another national title game. I have Arizona over Gonzaga in the final. I have Kentucky uh, taking care of business against Arizona. Um, Again, what really, really just sets this Kentucky team apart is this isn't the classic Kentucky team that's full of one and dones. It really isn't. Kentucky starts one freshman, one, and that's Ty Ty Washington. The rest of their starting lineup, junior, junior, fifth-year senior, senior. This is an experienced team. Um, Kellen Grady, he's been there before with Davidson, played four great years at Davidson. Like This team is just loaded with talent. It's loaded with experience, and it has a one of the best coaches to ever do it in John Calipari. I love Kentucky here. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, eventual insufferable winner, uh, Duke over Arizona. Uh, I've, I'm going to turn off all sports for what the eventual coronation will look like for Coach K winning a national title in his last year. Uh, but I just feel like they have, number one, great odds, plus 1,600 comparatively to all these other teams. I do love um, Arizona as well. Uh, we're all kind of talking about the same types of players that I feel like are going to be projected top 10 lottery picks. Um, Matherin being one of them. Um, but I just feel like Duke has way too much firepower. Um, they're balanced. Uh, they've been there before. Um, it's actually one of those things where it's like, it's been a while since Duke won it. So I feel like they're due a little bit. They kind of pop up and win one every six years or so. Um, so they have kind of all the makings of just being there when we want to them to be, to be there when we don't want them to be there. They're just like the, 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 Jason Voorhees of college basketball as they get picked against and rooted against. And then you turn around, you think you finally killed them. And then they're right there. And they've just been walking along slowly behind you the entire time. Uh, that is Duke. It's inevitable. Yeah. I'll, I'll round it out here. Uh, I am going with Kentucky and Arizona, the national championship. And I'm going with uh, Arizona as the national champions. Um, I've loved this team all year of John Rothstein said they are the they just make sense when you watch them they just everything about that team just makes sense to me uh they have every position they have good guards I mean granted if Kerr uh I always call him Kerr because it's easier to say than his last name uh, if he can come back before the round after the round of 32 I think they're safe to really make to really dominate um going into the national championship uh, Kentucky over Gonzaga. I really had a tough time picking that game. Uh, but I think as Irby pointed out, I think they are just experienced, which is a very weird descriptive for a Kentucky team. Um, and I think that's going to take them a long way with Calipari. Um, and I think that's going to be an absolute fireworks in that Nash championship with Arizona and Kentucky, uh, with, I think I'm agree with Sam with Benedict Matherin being the tournament player. Um, tournament MVP. Uh, he's a stud. He's 
absolute freak athlete. Uh, I mean, all these guys are freak athletes, but he just looks like he's on another planet when he plays basketball. So my national champions are the Arizona Wildcats. Fellas, thanks so much for, you know, really quickly had to think a lot about this and put in a lot of work and research to it really, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to do this. Like in a day, most people have two or three and it's incredible because you did all that work and probably none of it's going to come true. <laughs> nope. I'm And Hey, I made a change on the fly. If that tells you. Anything. That's true. That's true. You did. But Hey, everybody has just as much of a chance as anybody else of picking these things. Enter the locks of Saturday, our tournament challenge group on ESPN. Uh, we will tweet out that link. It'll be with this episode as well. Winner gets a prize. I don't know what the prize is. I'm not in control of that. But winner will get a prize of that one. Uh, we already, let me see how many people that we already have uh, signed up for. We have a, a ton already signed up. So uh, your chances are you know slim to do well, but hey, somebody's got to win it. I believe you can make two brackets actually in ours. Um, so, I think that's the default I, setting. So go for it. Make two brackets. Who cares? I, I am such... Like, I don't know if it's just me. I hate making multiple brackets. I hate trying to keep keep up with all the ones. I love just sticking with one bracket, one go. And of all the groups that I'm in, money involved or not, if I win, I'm winning them all or coming in top five of them all. And if I lose, whatever, even if I made a second one, it was going to be probably pretty similar and I was going to lose anyway. So Yeah, I do the same thing. I can't, like, I can't stand, like, I just have to definitively, definitively pick one thing you know, in each game. And I can't, I do make a second bracket every year, but that one is just, I pick the team that I want to win each game. So that one usually has Virginia tech as a national champion. So coin flip brackets are, those are fun. We, we did a coin flip bracket league one time. Those are, uh, those can get pretty wild. I might do my, Oh, I'm sorry. I pick my one bracket based off of analysis and I pick the other one based off of whose mascot would win in a theoretical battle to the death. And that's really all you can really do. Yes, I will. And usually um, the theoretical battle one wins out and I'll have that done by tomorrow ooh, morning. So yes, I'll try to put some seeds that out there. one in the locks of Saturday group as well. I'll have my main one and then I'll have my at Sam of Saturday in parentheses animal bracket and we'll go from there. So what happens with Villanova and Arizona? We'll see. Then you take into like geographic things, right? And so a wildcat in Philly is different than a wildcat in the middle of Arizona. Yeah, I was about to say that a wildcat from Philly's got a little more edge to it. <laughs> the bobcat maybe is what it would be in Arizona. Um, maybe a, a cougar in Arizona. Yeah, see, I'm thinking the opposite. I think Villanova is that's like a street cat is a wildcat in Philly, yeah. and then you got like a yeah, cougar. it's more of like a feral cat, whereas a like a cat in and you got to get by your scrappy. Oh, you know? we need a separate podcast on this. Yeah, probably. We don't have that much time until that's, we're already running into that issue. Uh, that's an off season podcast though. <laughs> Who would have won? Biology of Saturday. Madness. All right. Well, of course, uh, make sure if you haven't already, this is the perfect time of year. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code SOS when you sign up. Get a ton of free bets. A lot of fun stuff coming this March and April. Some baseball stuff, potentially some hockey stuff, some more NBA talk, golf happening. Cannot wait for the Masters. Masters podcast will be coming soon. Uh, so maybe maybe some player. special events. Maybe some special events coming down the pipeline, especially for you guys in the DMV area. So stay tuned. Robert, 
sign us out as ACC champs. Go Hokies.